You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Well, welcome everyone. I'm very excited to have Kelly Nielsen with us here today. Kelly's the founder of Brava Financial. It's a flat fee advice only financial planning firm there in California. She's been in the financial field for 30 years now, almost been a certified financial planner for about 20 years and actually a certified divorce financial analyst as well. We're going to talk about that designation here in a little bit. In addition to that, if that wasn't enough, she's also gotten her JD and passed the state bar exam in California. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Great to be here. Now, we could probably talk for a while for comprehensive financial planning. You and I both love that stuff. But for this episode, I wanted to focus more a little bit on the divorce planning side. We'll dive a little bit more deeper into that side of things. So tell us a little bit about why you chose divorce financial planning as a specialty. That's a great question. So I incorporate that into my practice. And so unlike other advisors who have decided to focus exclusively on that, my practice is a little bit broader, but I do partner with family law attorneys and some other practitioners who really specialize in divorce. And one of the reasons that I do that, Adam, is because My financial planning practice is really designed around supporting a client's life and the life that they want to lead. And so I'm often called to help people as they move out of that divorce finalization process and into the new chapter of their life. And so I found that really what I wanted to do was recognize that divorce is an event, it's a life transition, but the folks that I work with are going to be spending time with me in whatever new chapter and way of being they they step into. And so it's a really important part of my business, but it's just sort of one aspect of it. How do you see the differences between the role that you take as a certified divorce financial analyst? Like, How does that differ from your typical financial planner that might be involved in the process? So the the designation and the work to become certified as a divorce financial analyst really requires an understanding of the process that attorneys and other practitioners go through with clients. So uh, pre-divorce, going through the proceedings, it incorporates a lot of the financial planning, the, the asset separation, the designation of what is marital property versus what is not marital property. And so even though I'm not in the trenches during that process, having the designation gives me a particular insight into the process itself and also how people are navigating that transition out of the divorce process and into that status as a single person once again. So when do you typically see yourself getting involved in the process? So the cases that I take on, I'm usually involved 
as the divorce is wrapping up. And so most of the clients maybe are not finally divorced. They haven't gotten that final divorce decree, Mm -hmm. but the agreement is essentially pretty well finalized. And so that gives me an opportunity to review the work that's been done, identify some ideas in terms of next steps for the clients. Fortunately, I haven't had to go back and say, that doesn't look great, but it's helped me get perspective on where the client has come from and also give them an opportunity to share what they want to do. And in particular, one of the areas of expertise for me is around real estate, interestingly. And so often I am working with the spouse who is either receiving a piece of real estate and it's not necessarily just the marital home, but that spouse has never operated the the real estate before. And so that can be just hugely intimidating. If you've never operated a rental property or commercial real estate, how do you even know where to begin? And so that's part of the education process that I can provide. Interesting. And do you find it mostly rental properties or do you have the same issues where you have somebody that's retaining their marital home, like their primary residence, that they're just not really accustomed to handling the whole process of that as well? Or is it mostly more for investment properties? I think that I get certain cases because my network knows that I have this expertise with the rental or investment real estate. But I do, Adam, see that often with the spouse who is perhaps staying in the marital home and trying to figure out, okay, how do I make sure that I have a mortgage that's in place that actually is something that I can carry and not have to worry about those payments? How do I create enough cash on hand in case there's a repair or what have you? And so often it really is going through that process of kind of level setting on cash flow, cash flow needs, what's coming into the household and what's going out. So yeah, I think what you do as a lender is so important, especially before everything is finalized, because often there are strategies and things that can be implemented before a divorce is finalized that makes the client's life so much easier. And divorce is one of those situations where you don't get do-overs, right? I think a big misconception that a lot of people have is that it's just attorney-driven. And like you just go through your attorney and they'll handle everything and you don't have to deal with anything else. And obviously you and I are both here to know that the difference is there, but I think there's still that misconception where people aren't so familiar with the concept of bringing in a mortgage professional specific on the divorce side. Same with the financial planning. They're not accustomed to bringing in a divorce centric financial planner or somebody that has that specialty. What do you see as that strong, vital divorce team? Who are the main parties that you see involved? It's really interesting because I do think that it really depends on the client and their situation, but I can absolutely say that you need some kind of legal representation, right? So whether that's an attorney, whether that's a mediator, someone who's going to essentially help to approach this as what it really is, which is a legal process of dissolving a marriage. And over the last, say, 20, 25 years, I do think that the financial piece has become 
much more important as people's financial lives have become more complex. And so those practitioners and whether they're CDFAs who operate in the divorce process, and again, one of my trusted contacts is a certified divorce financial analyst who only does the financial work during the divorce, but she does all of the projections, she does all of the asset valuations, and is really instrumental in terms of putting together a good plan that honors both spouses. The lending piece to me has become much more important over the last decade because the marital home is often that sort of marquee asset, right? It is a huge part of a client's overall net worth. And so you have to really approach that carefully in terms of how do you pay one spouse out for their part of the equity? How do you implement financing that is going to be sustainable for the spouse that's going to keep the home? Um, Sometimes selling the home is just impractical. So the financial piece with not only the analysis, but the financing side is really important. I think to the extent that a person who is entering thoughts about divorcing, one of the things that I would say is that the approach has to match what the other spouse is doing. So I'll give you an example, Adam. Sometimes I'll hear from folks, oh, well, I have this friend and her husband is talking to a lawyer. And when I hear that, one of the things that I encourage that person to do is that spouse needs to get an attorney, right? So you don't always have to go through an adversarial, I've got an attorney, you've got an attorney divorce, because there are great ways to either have a mediator or have a collaborative process, which I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of. But this is a challenging event, even in the best of times. And so if one spouse has retained an attorney, it's important for that other spouse not to be in a position where they don't have counsel, right? So it's almost like you have to kind of prepare yourself in terms of matching whatever that spouse is doing. So your team, it's important to have a team. It's not just the attorney, but your team is sometimes dictated by what that other spouse is doing. That's a good point. And that you did bring up a good topic with the collaborative space, I guess. Maybe if you don't mind speaking to that, because I still find that a lot of people don't fully realize that there's multiple ways to do this. I think mediation has kind of become commonplace. They understand that conceptually. I don't know if they understand it logistically, but collaborative is a different concept. Amicable divorce is another term that gets thrown out there. Maybe share a little bit about where does that differ and what is collaborative in your mind? Yeah, so the collaborative approach is for those people who want to have an outcome that really does the least amount of damage to themselves, to what they have, to children if there are children involved. And so it's a way of essentially thinking about it from the standpoint of, okay, we're going to meet together. We're going to talk through what's important to every one of the people on this journey. And then we're going to figure out a way forward 
that does the least amount of harm. That's the way I look at it. So it's it's collaborative, yes, in terms of when I think you hear the word collaborate, most people think, oh, well, you just get in a room and kind of talk as a team. Right. And that's true. But I also think there's a harm reduction aspect of it, right? Which is, this is going to be tough and it's going to be hard on everybody. And how can we make it less hard? How can we leave this with, again, as positive a feeling as you can, given that this is a really life-altering process? Right. Now, you mentioned something where if the other spouse had already started the process, does that make it very difficult or almost impossible to start with the collaborative space? Because you have to be collaboratively trained. There's specific attorneys that are able to do that. So as that ship kind of sailed, unfortunately, if one party goes the opposite direction where it's more litigious or at least not thinking about the collaborative ahead of time. Yeah, it's really hard. I think to your point, a lot of this has to do with just a lack of familiarity. I mean, frankly, other than sort of a lot of famous people, divorce is not something they want to sign up for. Don't want to ride that ride again. And so I think, again, for a lot of people, they just think, oh, well, if I get divorced, I have to have an attorney. And so I would say it really is situational. So for instance, if one spouse is trying to hide assets or is doing something that that is underhanded, that spouse is usually the one that's going to go out and find an attorney. And in that case, again, that other spouse just simply has to kind of level up to wherever that other spouse is. So Again, it really depends on the the couple and what they're looking for. But certainly if it's a case of, and unfortunately, this is where a lot of people land is they just don't want to give an inch, right? They're, they're unhappy. They're unhappy together and it becomes a real, you know, battle to, to go through that process. Right. And you've already given some great tips for people going through that process, knowing that everything's obviously a unique situation. They're all different, obviously. Are there any other tips or advice that you would give for somebody thinking about going down that path on the the front end? Anything that you would advise them to look into? Yeah. So what I find is that often people will talk to somebody that they really trust. And interestingly, the people that often are the first to know are realtors, right? Because I have several realtor friends and they're usually the ones that where the client calls and says, oh, you know, because the client's already thinking about the house, right? Thinking about the house. What is this going to mean? Am I going to have to sell? And Mm -hmm. so One of the things that I encourage professionals who are kind of divorce adjacent, but maybe aren't part of the process, is to find people who are, again, planners like I am or other certified divorce financial analysts or people who are are knowledgeable about the process, but aren't necessarily an attorney because, again, Once you talk to an attorney, there are very strict rules about conflicts of interest. And if that attorney doesn't take the case, but they're now they're conflicted out because they've talked to the client. And so for realtors or other professionals, just build a couple of people that you can talk to or that the client can talk to informally to say, here's my situation. 
What should I do? So that's where I think from my perspective, I can offer some thoughts or some feedback where it isn't quite as formal as talking to an attorney. And I'll give you an example of one thing that I heard that really has stuck with me. And this this probably goes back maybe 15 years ago. I was working with a client who had gone through a divorce and she said, my husband deliberately wanted to accelerate the timetable on the divorce because he didn't want us to have been married 10 years because at 10 years, I'm entitled to his social security and he didn't want to give that up. Mm-hmm. And that said two things to me. That said, number one, that husband did not understand how social security works because an ex-spouse, a long-term ex-spouse is entitled to benefit at, it's not a cost to the working spouse. Right. So you're not giving up part of his payout or anything. And I know that exactly, exactly. And so it was just one of those things where if he didn't understand it, then it's unfortunate because he didn't get good advice. He didn't get right. it. And it doesn't sound like she got very good advice either. But it's something where, again, you can just step in and say, hey, it, you're not harmed by this. And this person picks up a great benefit. And even though you don't really like each other in the moment, isn't that a kind thing to do? And so that has kind of stuck with me as a story that I don't think I'll ever forget, which is, you know, just sometimes that that unknowingness and that emotion can put us in a place that where we're just not very nice. Right. I think that's perfect advice. I mean, I see that too often to where they're either just dealing with attorney advice or random people that don't have experience dealing with that sort of thing. It's very rare that I have run across people that actually go through the process with a financial planner, or maybe they speak to their typical financial planner and they occasionally deal with the divorce. So they know enough to kind of be dangerous, but they don't specialize in it. I think it's definitely, it's a whole different ballgame to specialize in this side of things versus just your typical. I mean, it's the same way with mortgage, it's the same way with real estate, same way with obviously law or financial planning. So I think having the right team is a perfect you know, idea. And one thing I should have mentioned and certainly made clear is I mentioned that you were in California, but maybe speak to the fact that it's not state specific. So a lot of people think that divorce is very state driven because the attorneys are obviously have to be governed by that state law. Realtors obviously have that same state specific issue where they're very regionalized. For you, just to confirm, you can help really in any state. It doesn't make any difference whether it's a client in California or Florida or wherever, correct? Correct. Yes. So I am based in San Diego, but I work with clients all over the country. Perfect. And that world's just become so much easier with virtual meetings, obviously, just like we're doing here. You can do that with clients. It's not a difficult process, obviously. So Certainly, anybody watching this, if they're ever curious, you don't have to go through somebody that's specific to that state. Find somebody good that's actually trained. That's the key. That's the most important part. It's not the location. It's really the training and the specialization in the divorce planning. That's key. So this has been super helpful. I, I think this is great. I think it's great information. I guess before we kind of cut off, is there any like final thoughts, anything else that you wanted to discuss or anything top of mind? Yeah, absolutely. Just two thoughts. The first one is that the overriding 
question that clients come to me when they're transitioning from that divorce into their new life is, am I going to be okay? Right. That's absolutely what they want to know. And so I take that very seriously. That's something that I focus on in terms of not only looking at the numbers, but also thinking about, okay, well, what's going to help you emotionally? What is it going to take to get you back to that place? And then the other thing is that divorce is horrible, but it's an event. It's not the rest of your life. So it's like being in a valley and it's rough and it is just the worst, but you get out of that valley. And so I want to assure you, having worked with a number of clients who've been through that process, they get back up to another peak. Definitely. Can't tell you exactly when, but it does happen. And and it's certainly easier with the right team. I mean, having somebody like you involved is vital, I feel like, to level set those expectations, because I think so many people are flying blind at that point that they just don't know what to expect. And the attorneys obviously have their their role to play, but that's not something that they're necessarily you know, set up to do in some cases that that needs to come from you know a financial expert in a lot of cases. So no, that's that's perfect advice. So well, I'll make sure to include your contact information on the comment section. But certainly if there's any way that somebody wanted to get in touch with you or learn a little bit more about you and the services that you provide, where can they find you at? Sure. The best place is my website, which is bravafinancialplans.com. And on the website, you can learn all about me. You can get a sense of the type of planning that I offer. I do offer hourly or project or ongoing. So I meet the client wherever they are. And I also have a scheduling link. So if someone wants to jump on the calendar and take 30 minutes to explore opportunities with me, we can do that. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to include all that into the description here. So anybody can just click on that link and get right to you. Uh, But this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, great advice. So I hope somebody finds some useful information out of here to help them out. So it's been great. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate appreciate it. it. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.